We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We are counting down till the trade deadline just over a few weeks to go. I mean, things are starting to pick up around the NBA. We had the deal done yesterday on the Lakers, Rui Hachimura, that trade with the Washington Wizards. And it feels like there's more buzz in the air lately, which is a good thing. I am excited for this. Keith, let's talk some NBA basketball. Are you feeling the same as me? Like, it feels like things are starting to pick up around, not just the fact that a trade got done, but it just feels like there's kind of more out there right now. Yeah, when you get about two weeks out, that's generally when the teams that have been saying it's going to take, you know, five first round picks to get this guy. They yeah. start to come down. The other teams that are like, we'll give you one protected second. Like they start to come up. And Deal. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's <laughs> right. where it starts to everybody gets a little bit more reasonable. Uh, sometimes one deal pushes things through and then it's like, all right, that's off the table for us. Now we can go a different direction and that turns into uh, more action. So yeah, I think we are getting to a position now where we're going to start seeing more here over the, the next uh, week or so. There's generally somebody moves early uh, within the two week window of the trade deadline. So uh, we're, we're just about there. So we, we may see something here in the next week and then we'll go from there. By the way, before we dive into into today's news and rumors and all of that, all the more reason to make sure you are subscribing to the yes. NBA Front Office Show on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well so you get notified as soon as we put out the latest video. And then, of course, you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, it, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do both of those things, by the way. You can subscribe on YouTube and over on the podcast side. So if you normally watch the videos, and the next thing you know, you find yourself you're in the car, you're going to the grocery store, whatever, you can pop on the yeah, show. Don't watch too. the videos in the car. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> that's, that's yes. But safe. in the car, play the podcast version. That's it. Switch play the to podcast the podcast version. version. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Hey, and I want to say in the last video, the Hachimura video, obviously we knew that would do well, right? It was mm -hmm. a, an actual trade. It involved the Lakers. Uh, and, but a lot of really kind words, you know, from folks yes. in the comments. And we, we really do appreciate those. We do take our time to, you know, peruse through those when we have an opportunity and just so, so many nice things and glad you guys are enjoying the show and, and uh, that you guys, you know, enjoyed us nerding out over, you know, what is not a super duper blockbuster trade, but still a very fun trade that we spent a lot of time breaking down all the angles on. It was cool to see how many people really enjoyed that. So yes. very, very, very much appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% appreciated. Love all the, the kind words that have been, been coming in um, about the show and tell a friend, please do let, let them know. Yep. All right. Um, let's start off just to kind of, to put a bow on 
that whole trade, this is, I think, important. The Wizards have indeed been telling teams, and this is what we've surmised coming out of the, the Hachimura trade, that the Wizards would not trade Kuzma. They've indeed been telling teams that Kyle Kuzma is not available. That tells you that there's probably been some communication between Kyle Kuzma and the Wizards. There's probably some understanding of what it will take to, to keep Kyle Kuzma this summer on his next contract, and both the Wizards and Kuzma feel pretty confident that that's going to happen. Yeah, without a doubt. Otherwise, it would be really risky to hang on to him if you thought just, hey, we have a good chance of re-signing him in the offseason because this is not like this is a surefire playoff team or anything like that where having Kyle Kuzma is going to make that big of a difference in how this season ends for the Wizards. But where it could make a big difference is if you were to leave this summer for nothing, you are left with we probably should have traded him. And my guess is everybody knows there's not going to be an extension. I wrote about this extensively on spot track uh, you can just look it up if you're interested in reading it about why he won't do an extension essentially they can't offer him enough but to me this says yeah we're we probably have at least a rough understanding of what it would take to get him signed this summer and and that was probably part of the motivator behind dealing Hachimura too was all right now that's another free agency out of the way we don't have to deal with that and we're we're in a pretty good place with, with our forward group now and we feel like we get Kuzma resigned and and off we go. I, I'm not fully sold that giving Kyle Kuzma twenty plus million dollar deal with Porzingis probably going to get another big contract, whether it's this summer or the summer after. And you have Beal. I'm not sold that that's necessarily the best thing for the Wizards, but I kind of get you know where their head is on this. Is all right. This is the direction we're going as a franchise. Yeah, you know, Zach Lowe was talking about this earlier on the on the Low Post. Talked about how you know he sees it as if you bring Kyle Kuzma back and you lock into Kuzma and Porzingis and Bradley Beal and you're building around that group that you kind of lock yourself into being like a 36 win team that maybe one season has a good year and pops yeah. to 45 wins and yeah. you're around playoff exit. And that's, that's probably your ceiling there. And then maybe that's good enough for the wizards. You know, I, I think these are good pieces and it, it, here's the thing though. Like we get so caught up in this whole, you have to either be rebuilding, full-on tank, tear the whole thing down, and just lose as many games as possible, or you've got to be a clear-cut contender. You've got to be a favorite to win the championship, and you can't be anything in between. There are some times where we see teams that walk that middle road, Just not even talking about the financial side of it, but we see teams who walk that middle road who are able to get the right pieces in. I don't know if the Wizards can do this because they haven't been a great team in terms of of finding players in the draft, but you get a piece or two in and that allows you to unexpectedly springboard to that next level. Now I won't predict that that's where this wizards team is headed, but sometimes I think we can get a little bit too down on, on teams who say, you know what, let's just stay competitive, see if we can get a few things to break our way and then go from there. Yeah. It, it's the, it's that second part. Like you said, you got to get the far where you do break through eventually. Cause otherwise, yeah, no one should be content sitting around the, you know, even the low 40s win range, you know, just some, yep, that's who we are. We're, we're happy to be that team every year because that's just not good enough. So it's, uh, you know, one of those things that the puppy wants to play. Uh, he's, he's all fired up. Um, so he, he's angry because he thinks it's dinner time. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he, yeah, he's so looking around. Yeah. He's he's looking around right now going, trades? Got any trades? Yeah, exactly. Any trades? Right? He's yeah, all like, of us what right what now. What happening here? <laughs> so, yeah. No, no he wants food because it is 
Uh, full disclosure, it's almost five o'clock here on the East East Coast. And usually as soon as we're uh, hit, hit that five o'clock hour, he's like, let's let's go put put food in my bowl and I want to eat. So uh, that's what he's all about. But yeah, we're, uh, you know, but yeah, for the Wizards, what I was saying is you get stuck in the middle there. That's yeah, that that gets a little a little too much for for me. But, you know, and but. You know, maybe you do lock into some guys, hit it right on a couple other guys, and then next thing you know, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's jump over to the Portland Trail Blazers. So the Blazers have slid in the standings, currently sitting in 13th in the Western Conference, but we know the West is so compact. It's not it's not as ominous when you say a team sitting in 13th or, or whatever as it would be in a typical year because they're only two games back of the sixth seed right now. Yeah, so this was something, again, Zach Lowe pointed this out. I saw him put it on Twitter, and then I believe he said it in the podcast, is from Dallas in fifth down to Portland in 13th, every single team in that range has 23 to 25 losses. So, I mean, they're all basically the essentially almost the same record. Like that is that that is just like that's like bonkers like that that's how tight it is just to to give people a real you know look at like they are all basically right there this is not when we say it's compact because you know a couple games like this is like win one day and a couple teams lose and you might go up three places in the standings you know kind kind of thing this doesn't even take a good week or a bad week so just you know unbelievable. So what do you are the Blazers doing the right thing here even though they've slid a bit that they are saying you know what we're not we're not going to bottom this thing out or anything and, and get into the tank race. We're going to try to win right now and be essentially they're announcing that, Hey, we will stay as buyers here at the trade deadline. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm, it confuses me. The blazers are Raptors West for me. Like it's just mm-hmm. like, I like all their pieces individually. And then I thought they'd come together. Okay. But then you look at them and it's like, eh, it kind of doesn't fit here. This doesn't really work. And, and the results aren't great, but I, I guess so. I, I guess it's the, the right thing to do because when you have a guy like Damian Lillard, it's very hard to say, let's you know tear it down and restart again. And it feels like they have done that multiple times. So I guess, you know, we're kind of in a spot where, all right, you know, let's try to get guys in because again, that compactness, if this was a, Hey, let's try to make a real run to get to the, you know, into the playing tournament. I think I would say, yeah, let's you know move on in a different direction. But this is a, all right, let's get some guys, and we could be the fifth seed, and you know by the end of the week, all right, that's that's you know that's a little bit different, right? Now you're talking a whole whole different ball game. So I, I, I'm I'm fine with it in general, but I think they just got to be be careful because otherwise you're going to lock into what turns into a very expensive team with what will be some difficult to move contracts, and you're going to be stuck in that five to you know 12 range every single year and i'm just not sure that's really where you want to be for portland when you've basically been there for almost the entirety of damian lillard's career outside of a few seasons on one side or the other yeah i think the challenge is if you do if you do decide hey we're gonna try to rebuild it like if if you were to try and tank this season you're throwing all your your cards in on on trying to get women yama which you're probably still you you've won yeah, you need a ton of lottery luck. Yeah, exactly. right. You need a lot of luck there to get that. Otherwise, I mean, are you finally looking to to pull the plug on the Damian Lillard thing and and move on from him? And that's going to be hard to. I don't know if Portland ever does that. Yeah, I, they're in a, t- a tough spot right now, trying to figure out what to do. So I can't say that that this strategy is incorrect or anything like that. Like they mm-hmm. they probably should, especially when you look at how compact the conference is. Go for it. 
within reason. If, if we can pause on the Wembenyama thing, because I don't think we've really talked to this, sure. but it's a great point you made of like, have you already won too much? I, I mean, it's pretty clear to me now, barring some absolutely egregious tanking by some team that we're not expecting, that Houston, San Antonio, Charlotte, and Detroit are the that's your four teams mm-hmm. that are fighting for those top three even lottery odds. And that's that's going to be where it is. And we we may see, you know, in the last couple of weeks, or we've got those two weeks in April yeah. uh, before the season wraps up, we may see some, you know, oh, hey, this guy's out for the rest of the season because, yeah. you know, he sneezed the other day. So we, we <laughs> he threw his of, back out yeah, with right, a sneeze. Yeah, exactly. Right? That, that's Freezing. reality for you and me, Keith, but it shouldn't <laughs> yeah, be reality yeah. for a 24-year-old NBA player. <laughs> if you only knew. Um, but, yeah, it, it does, like, we may see things like that because – that's how important it is to get into that top three. Cause it's really, it seems like it's starting to kind of define a little bit is it's when at the top, it's scoot Henderson right behind him. And then a lot of people, I, I know like uh, Amon Thompson, uh, and think he's going to be really, really good. So that's a, a, you know, it's starting to look like there might be a more defined top three. There's a couple other guys. I think that could slide into that contention. We're obviously a long way out from, you know, that being written, but I, I I do think we are now in a position where it's, it's going to be very, very hard. Even like Orlando who has the fifth uh, worst record in the league right now. Oh yeah. They are five and a half games ahead of Charlotte in the, in their own conference. They're like four, yeah, four games ahead of San Antonio. Like it's just going to be hard unless you really start you know, getting over the top with sitting guys out of trying to get down into that range. So never mind a team like Portland or any of these other teams. Like you're just you're probably just not going to get close enough. Now you could say, get us in the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh range, and we'll hope for the better lottery luck there. That That's fine. But, that's you know, cool. trying to get all the way down into that top three, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just it. I mean, even if you're like, you're at the point where you would have to, like you would draw the ire of the commissioner with the stuff you would have to pull in order to catch up with the Hornets, the Pistons, the Spurs, the the Rockets right now. Like if you were an outside team trying to do that. And that's, I, so I don't, I, I'm in agreement. I think that's going to be the the lottery group there. And you never know with the odds, the odds being flattened out a little bit. Sometimes somebody jumps up, but yeah, that's not something you necessarily game plan for. But um, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the Clippers. They are reportedly not looking to move on from Terrence Mann. But, and I think this is interesting. Look at Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet as options. Now, clearly the, the Clippers could use some help at, at the point guard position. John Wall yep. and, and Reggie Jackson both haven't quite got, got it done um, this season. Terrence Mann would certainly be an interesting trade piece to go get something done, but I would understand why they would be you know wary of, of moving on from him. Lowry and Van Vliet, though, to me those feel like two players who are fairly far apart in terms of, of value. So how are you getting these guys? I mean, to me, I've got to imagine Lowry, there, there aren't teams tripping over themselves to take on the next year of his deal. And then Van Vliet, you've got to pay him next year, which maybe that's not a problem for the Clippers. What did, what do you see them doing on either of those fronts? Yeah, it's interesting that the rare moment here, mark it down, whatever minute we are in on the show, you don't think Lowry and Van Vliet are, pretty similar value guys i i i think i do we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, I'm I'm looking at if it's me, somebody's got to give me something to take on Kyle Lowry. Wow. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I don't want to pay him thirty million sure. next season. That's that's yeah. All. I, and I can kind of get there, I guess. I I don't know. I, I'm starting to get worried that some team's going to really overpay for Ed Van Vliet. Um, so maybe I'm doing some projecting on, on that versus where he is today. Gotcha. Necessarily. Um. Where where I just. He misses a lot of time and he's a small guard, small guards who miss a lot of time already. Generally, that's not a, it's not like all of a sudden they hit their thirties and they're super healthy and never miss time like that. Uh-huh. That rarely happens that way. Um, Lowry, I guess for the Clippers, the, if we use him to start with, makes sense from the standpoint of, I could see taking him on and running in, you know, they don't need something because they, if they feel like, hey, he's the guy to put us over the top at the position. Yeah, I could see that, and I mean, and it's this is where ownership comes into play. Thirty million dollars in the you know subsequent tax uh, bill that comes along with that doesn't really matter to them, so they don't right. really care. Um, so I kind of get that part of it for the Clippers. Um, Van Vliet. He, Sort of similar situation, right? You're bringing them on. You're going to sign them for probably less money than Lowry next year, but it's going to run out a couple of years longer. But I think these are the things you can do when you are uh, uh, one of the richest ownership groups in the league or the richest ownership the group richest, in, the in, in sports. In sports, really. Yeah, you can you can bring these guys. You can make $100 million mistakes, whereas for another team, that would be absolutely crippling. Right. You would be like, well, this, you know, we blew, we thought we had the guy and this all fell apart on us. Um, I think with the Clippers, it becomes, all right, so go get the next guy, right. Go get the next guy. We just keep, keep this thing moving. So I get it. Um, the Terrence Mann part of it. Interesting. Right. I think um, Terrence Mann is a guy who is um, playing well. He is their starting point guard right now. Uh, they'd switched to him over Reggie Jackson. Uh, Reggie Jackson was completely out of the rotation before John Wall got hurt. Now Jackson's in again, but as the backup. And I think they are really saying, hey, yeah, we don't want to move him. Because the other thing is his contract is weird because right now he's only $1.9 million, But then next year, because he signed that extension, he jumped up to 10.5 and then 11.4 the year after. So that gets a little interesting as far as, you know, what does this look like? In a trade, because you're not moving him as any significant salary match in a deal right now. So that's where I think that factors in as well of, hey, we're getting him on super cheap production. Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah, I'm looking for veteran point guards. Mike Conley's been another guy who's been in the mix for them as well. So we'll see. But it is one of those ones where I think it's it probably unlikely it happens. But I don't know. They do have contracts they can pile together to go get somebody if they really want to. And I will say this, just in, I don't want to sound too negative on Kyle Lowry. Like on a team like the Clippers, if you've got Paul George, you've got Kawhi Leonard, you've got you've got shooters around him, you know, Luke Kennard, you've got plenty of wings, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum, mm-hmm. depending obviously on what you have to do to get him. You've got a lob threat there in Ibiza Zubats. So what you'd be asking him to do, it's not like, Kyle Lowry of five years ago where he's really sure. got to go out there and, and really get things done. If he can just hit a few knockdown threes, have a couple of big games in the postseason for you. And you're, you're probably happy with that. So again, I, I don't want to write him off as just somebody who's, you mm-hmm. know, doesn't have any value in in this league, but if I'm most teams, I'm looking at taking on that next year, the salary. And that would be, that would be uh, something I would consider. Maybe the Clippers don't though, if they're just, you know, they've got the blank check and they're, they're ready to roll. Yeah. I think if you're like Washington or Chicago or even like Orlando, Kyle Lowry doesn't make any sense for you because right. that's where like, Hey, that's too much money. You knocked out all of our flexibility for the next couple of years, you know, rest of this year and next year by bringing him in. And, and he's not the guy who's going to lift you necessarily. Cause you, you need to be lifted that far. But if you're the Clippers and it's like, Hey, we just need somebody to give us 25 to 30 minutes a night at the point guard spot that aren't a mess. Then you start to say, all right, that's fine. And, and then that's where, you know, it helps again, having Steve Ballmer to say, okay, cool. That his, you know, $30 million contract is actually going to cost us, you know, 90 million when it turns into tax penalties and everything else, then that, that becomes a whole other story. You just dig through his couch cushions. I'm sure he's got yeah, it in there. Right. Very, yeah. Um, yeah sure. Speaking, you know, we've got, it's kind of funny here. We're talking Lowry and Van Vliet and now let's go to the Raptors. I mean, all, all roads <laughs> lead back to Toronto. Um, the Raptors. Were, uh, were they really <laughs> offered three first for OG and Anobi? Um, it, it begs the question. This is the, the word that's out there, but it begs the question. If the Raptors were offered three first for OG and Anobi, then why is OG and Anobi still a Raptor? Yeah. Right? Like, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Unless this was like for, and I'm only using them. And, yeah. yeah. Or, and I'm using them as an example not saying they did make this offer, but unless this was like the New York Knicks saying, Hey, we'll give you three first, but three of them are like three crappy protected picks Correct. that might not even deliver. Cause I think they have a Washington pick and yeah. a Detroit pick and like a, the and fake a, first that really yeah, become exactly. seconds. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. And they, they're just, you know, it's, it's hard to see those teams ever being good enough. And if they are, those become picks in the twenties, that seems different. But if it's some team saying, even if it was like, Hey, three of our own first, then that I would be like, well, what are we doing here, Toronto? Because it's not like, is OG and Anobi going to be the guy that you're like building whatever your next iteration around is? Now, if you believe that, fine. That's, I personally don't think he is. I don't think he has that kind of upside. And I, I like OG and Anobi, but I like him a lot more if he's the third, fourth, or fifth best player on a team. I don't think he's a guy anybody should be offering three first rounders for. I, I think we're, everything's a little broken after what happened this summer because it's like, well, Rudy Gobert got this much with the massive contract and all the limitations and issues that come with trading for him. And it's like, but that doesn't mean everybody else has to, you know, then double down on that. But this is also part of what I'm talking about of where if it is, that's the asking price, that's the asking price today, two and a half weeks from the trade deadline. Right. 
that may change. But did they really get offered that? I would like to see a little bit more in depth. All right, who who offered that? Because then we can start to parse. All right, let's go. We're probably not going to get yeah. that. So it leaves me a little skeptical. That sounds like one of these. Uh, yeah, we were offered three first, but then if you really get into it, it's like, oh, so it was like one and, you know, protected and then one that's never going to come. That's probably right. what it really was. So and when we talk about reading between the lines on stuff like this and who benefits, and obviously this benefits the Raptors to, to put this out there that, hey, somebody's offered three first. So if you want OG Ananobi, which a lot of teams would love to have OG Ananobi, he's a good player and he's a wing and, and teams need that and, and all of that. But it just puts out there that, hey, the price tag's high. Somebody offered three first, so you better come strong with an offer for him. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's it's tis the season. It's this time yeah. of year <laughs> when this kind of information comes yeah. comes out. And so I don't necessarily buy three first. What, what in your opinion, is fair value for OG Ananobi? Probably like two, two yeah. or, or, a, or a really interesting young player in, a, in another first. I, three's too, too much. I mean, Toronto should be asking for that today, but I think, you know, being willing to come down to all right, give us a, a, and by interesting young player, I mean somebody can actually like play and could be part of like growing with Scotty Barnes or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Um, and if you don't get it, just keep him. Like there's there's no real reason because now he is going to run into, like we talked about with like Kuzma and those guys, mm-hmm. they're gonna run into the same issue with him. Let me pull it up just to make sure I've got it right. Um, they're gonna run into the same issue with him next season where he's gonna become extension eligible, but they're not gonna be able to extend him for a number he's gonna want. He'll be at 18.6 million next year. That limits him to you know, he's only going to be able to go up to about 22 ish million yeah. in that range. And that's just not going to be enough. So you're probably, that's going to, that contract is going to play out. He'll opt out of his player option in 24, 25. So he'll be a free agent in the summer of 2024. And then that becomes, do you miss a little bit of a window here? Because now I'm trading for him with the idea of, uh, he might leave. I'm going to get his bird right. So I'd be able to sign him to whatever. But if he leaves, you know, now that turns into a rental and that may not get you the big asking price. But Toronto may be putting this price on him because they don't want to deal him at all. And they're saying, hey, we're, we're keeping him and we just want to have him as part of whatever our next group looks sure. like. And just have it be known like, hey, we're, he's really valuable to us and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So that could exactly. be something there, too. Yeah. Um, all right, Keith, let, let's talk about something that we said this was going to happen over the summer when this deal was signed. The Magic make Mo Bamba available on, on the trade. But, but, but we talked all about how this was a great move by the Magic in order to essentially create an expiring contract, even though technically it's a two-year deal. Next year's uh, not guaranteed for, for Mo Bamba. So uh, I, I don't imagine that he would have necessarily a ton of value, but maybe a piece that you could add into a trade somewhere. Uh, again, it, it's a, what, eight-point-something million-dollar expiring contract. Here, let me look on, on Tracker. 10.3, that's what it was. Okay, I'm looking here on Track. 10.3, and all of it's non-guaranteed. Mm-hmm. For next year, so this was this deal was signed with this in mind to potentially make him a piece to play here at the at the trade deadline. What do you see them actually doing with this contract, though? And I know they've got Gary Harris in a, a similar similar situation. Yeah, and Gary Harris similar contract wise situation. He's thirteen million non guaranteed yep. uh, next season. Thirteen million this season. For that matter, Bull Bowl's also in a very similar spot. He's not going anywhere, and no. he won't go anywhere next season either. They will guarantee that, and he will stay with the Magic. Um, Gary Harris's spot is they they still need guards. They, they're still a li- they've they've gotten healthy, but they're still a little light on uh, guards right now. Still on the roster, um, 
especially with Jalen Suggs continues to, he plays really well, starts to figure it out, and then he misses like two or three weeks with an injury. So Bomba's situation, though, this team is, you may have heard, they're flooded with bigs. <laughs> they've got Wendell Carter and Paolo Bancaro who start uh, coming off their bench. They've got Bull. They've got Jonathan Isaac uh, back in the, in the lineup now. Um, they, they are also playing Mo Wagner a lot, who they really like for you know kind of all the intangible stuff that that he does. Yep. He's, he's a top tier irritant. He you know, is just that guy who's we we called him Madman Mo when he was with yep. the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's, that's what he is. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. So, so when you have all those guys that can play at the five potentially, well, there's no room for Mo Bamba now. He's just not going to play. So it starts to turn into, all right, where are we going with this? Now, because it's a non-guaranteed year next year and it's not a true team option, he still is trade eligible all the way through the draft. They yeah. could trade him, um, you know, all the way through the draft and could guarantee a chunk of next year's salary um, if they needed to, to do that kind of trade or anything like that, where if it was a true team option, he isn't trade eligible because he could opt out and become a free agent. So the magic are in a good spot here. I mean, a, a player option there, right? Or a team option. Anyway, or, any, he couldn't opt sure. out, but they, he could be a pending free agent. That's the, the right. way to think of it. Anybody who's got any kind of option decision, Yes, they could pick it up, but then you'd be on the full hook for $13 million. So why you like those non-guaranteed years is it just gives you maximum flexibility. If he's good, you keep him. If he's not, you either trade him. And if nobody wants to trade for him, you just wave him and move on. He's not going to be a member of the Magic next season. I feel very, very confident saying that. The question is, is he a member of the Magic in two weeks? That's what I don't know. And what you're looking for is some team that's like, all right, we'll take a shot. We we either have a spot where we can play him. If he pops, we're fine with $13 million on our books next year. Or we really need big depth. Or we feel like you blew it with player development. We can figure this guy out. We can unlock him mm -hmm. and then go. That's what you're looking for. The problem is, I don't know who that team is today. I think it could develop in the next couple of weeks. But I think it's more likely what we end up seeing is he's either thrown into a slightly bigger deal um, involving his contract or this just plays out into the summertime and then he's waived and then magic move on that way. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it, it, I have a hard time seeing. It's not just what's his who really wants him, what's his landing spot. It's it's 10.3 million. Like in order to to do now, and again, maybe we're talking about a cap space team or something like that. But I mean, it, it's tough to see in salary matching. Who are you sending out that's making that much money that would really fit something that the Magic would want? It, it gets a little tricky there. But again, credit to the Magic for signing this deal to begin with. Maybe mm -hmm. something does pop up uh, by the trade deadline, something bigger that you can throw them into as essentially a, a kind of de facto expiring contract. And worst case, it's very easy just to walk away from in the summer mm -hmm. if that doesn't happen. So I like the flexibility they've got there with this deal. It is a little weird. I mean, if you look at all his numbers on their face, you're like, wow, all right, he's a big guy. He's, he's not a 
mix it up inside big. He's not going to be yeah. somebody who dominates inside and shoots 60%, but he's almost at 50%. He's 38% from three on 2.7 attempts. He was at 38% last year on four attempts per game. He does average a block a night. His rebounding's a little weak for what he is, but not terrible. Um, it, you just, you start to look at it and you're like, you know, there, there's some stuff still here. He is, you know, it'll be uh, in another couple months here. He's going to turn 25. So, Maybe he's a late bloomer, but I just I, I think for the magic, it's it's there's just no room. It's Carter needs to play. He's our guy. We signed him to that nice extension. Big Caro is obviously gonna play a ton. Bull Bull has emerged. Like I said, they like Mo Wagner. Uh now Isaac is back. There's a lot of thought instead of being a three-four, Isaac is possibly now more of a four-five. Um, you know, that that's something they're gonna figure out over the course of the next, you know, 35-ish games or so. Um, what is Jonathan Isaac uh now moving forward? How does he fit? So it's it's uh interesting. Just touching on that, came back last night, looked pretty good, played you know, re- really pretty solid. Hit, hit a couple jumpers, had a couple nice drives, a couple nice defensive moments. He is it's funny, part of the whole is he a four-five now versus a three-four. He, he has lost a little quickness. You you can see that. And that's after multiple knee injuries. That's to be expected. But he's bulked up some. You can see he's worked on his upper body. Um, so I think Jonathan Isaac's a guy who, as a 4 or 5, that starts to become, hmm, now that's super-duper interesting. And if he's a 4 or 5 who can switch out and hold his own on a lot of different threes, now that's a guy you can really fit in a lot of different ways. So it's going to be fun to watch how they figure this all out. I said this during the game. First time he's had this issue but Jamal Mosley's now got a mostly healthy roster. He's going to figure out how to play all these guys. And he's going to get minutes and the circle it back to Mobamba. That's part of it. There's just no minutes left for him. So let's see where he goes. Uh, I, I think the solution is a Mobamba, Bull Bull, Mo Wagner. Then, then let's throw Jonathan Isaac and, and Franz Wagner <laughs> just for fun into the mix. And let's do a supersized lineup. Let's just do that. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, they kind of did already. They had yeah. points this year. It just didn't involve Mo Bamba. Well, it did sometimes involve Mo Bamba. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's different. I thought you were going to say, let's throw all those guys in. I thought you were playing on the trade machine oh. and getting up to salary matching for, like, <laughs> Russell Westbrook or something. That's that's where I thought you were going. And I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, you don't need to turn the front office show into what our Twitter mentions. Look like. uh, yeah, I was going to say, I live <laughs> in that world too much. You know, my DMs are on Twitter are open. Open. And, and you know, look, I've gotten some great conversations because sure. of that. But that also means that I get multiple times per day. Who would say no to this? And it's you know, like yeah. five different Lakers players you stacking up all these better them. minimum salaries. And they yeah. send them in the DM because they're like they're secretly they know they're they're ashamed of it and they don't want to put it. Just <laughs> send it to you on regular Twitter where the world can see. So yeah, I, my DMs are not open because. I don't get things that are quite that polite often. Often it goes completely the other direction. So that's that's why they've been closed down for quite some time. Understandable. Understandable <laughs> why you why you'd have it closed if that if that was the case. My 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 uh, Twitter DMs are mostly kind. Although now that I've said it, mm-hmm. now that I've said it. It's gonna it's gonna turn <laughs> south. But in any event, uh, the Pelicans are interested in John Collins. Um, uh, I, I just keep coming back to he's he's going to be somewhere else by the trade deadline. He's got to be he right. It's been like too it. it's yeah. been too long that he's been in rumors here. But what do you think about the the potential fit with the Pelicans and how do they get there? How do they get this done to to land him? 
Yeah, so one of my favorite things with, with the Pelicans is uh, they've got some people, probably because they spent years of people throwing ridiculous fake trades of Anthony Davis at some of the folks who cover the team mm-hmm. uh, there in New Orleans. They're pretty good at understanding the salary matching rules. Um, so they're not out there like pitching, you know, hey, what about, you know, this guy? You know, what about, uh, you know, Kira Lewis for John Collins? That works for us. You know, they, they get it. Like, you got to do it. So the most often mentioned iteration I've seen, which you can debate whether this makes sense for the Hawks, and they they continue to say you probably have to add some form of draft compensation, is something like Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, and Garrett Temple. That that gets you there salary match-wise, brings you in. That's not much value for the Hawks, but part of the value for the Hawks is we get off John Collins' contract. So right. if you threw in a pick, and we know the Pelicans have some extra picks, right? because of the Anthony Davis trade um, and other deals, you could throw in a pick. And what I would do though, is I'd be like, you can't get one of the Lakers picks because who knows what happens there. You're getting one of ours. Cause we yeah. feel like we had John Collins that picks in the twenties and I'm fine with that. So I, that's where I would probably go. I would give them one of their own and, and move on. Um, the fit becomes a little weird because you're probably not starting him. I can't imagine him and Zion would start together when healthy. Yeah. So I think call and you already have Larry Nance, but I think the idea would be let's bring Collins in as like the one. He's like a super third big. He's probably still going to play 30 to 35 minutes a night, backing up both Valanchunas and Zion. But then anytime Zion feels something, all right, you sit because we're good. We'll roll forward with John Collins. Right. Um, at there. They've got enough other defenders that can probably help protect him a little bit, set him up in, in better spots, guys like Herb Jones and Najee Marshall. Um, if you played him with Nance, that becomes a really intriguing front court duo off a of bench. Um, so yeah, I I, I kind of get it. It feels almost like, well, hey, we can do it without really switching up our rotation all that much. Mm-hmm. Why not? And then that gives them a protection for, you know, again, if Zion goes down again. We're, we're a little bit protected and John Collins should not get to a point where, well, that's 25 million of, you know, set it on Dead fire money. and you know, yeah, let's just, that should still be one more if it turns out, all right, this didn't go the way we really wanted and we need something else. You should be able to flip him in another deal down the line. But I, I don't know. It feels like I, I'm starting to think you and I are, uh, are floating towards John Collins Island. Cause I think we have a different impression of him than a lot of other people do. It really does seem that way. And so much of it, I think is tied to his three point percentage dropping. Mm-hmm. It's, he's down to 26% right yeah. now uh, on the season, which is not, I mean, he's a career 36% shooter. I just look the farther into the season that we get while it, his percentages kind of stay low, the, the more we have to buy that, Hey, this is just, it's a bad shooting season. Maybe mm-hmm. this is who he is now that, that type of thing, but it's such a pronounced difference than what we've seen from him in the past. And I know DeJounte Murray coming in, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't be able to hit an open three if you, if you have that opportunity, but it, it's such a big difference that I see, I think that we're going to see some regression here. Um, case in point, I mean, look, the again, 36% from three, like it, it's got to tick back up. We saw the same thing happen this season with, with Patrick Beverly, where we were saying the same thing with him. Like, look, he's not a 20% three point shooter. At some point, he's probably going to move back up closer to his, uh, his career average. And for the month of January, he's at 33% now John Collins is. So it is moving upward. And I think if that does get back on track, that goes a long way towards rehabbing his value. Um, 
I'm, I'm not ready just to write him off and say he's just a, a negative at this point, the way some people are. No, me either. He's far too good of a rebounder, too, for me to write that yeah. off like that. His rebounding, even when it is slipped, you can see it's because boys playing next to Clint Capella a lot, who is also a very, very good rebounder. So there's not as very as many available rebounds. He showed in that run a couple years ago to the East Finals, he can play small ball five in closing lineups if you need him to. Um, you you can do that if that's where you need to go. He's not a complete traffic cone or a non-entity at the rim on defense. He can do some stuff. So I really do feel like there's more in there. I feel like the shooting for me is, and you saw it a few games ago, he had a really nice shooting game. He got a bunch of good touches. There were guys out of the lineup for the Hawks. So it was a little bit, all right, we can spread the wealth a little bit more. Then you go, the last couple of games doesn't see as many good shots yeah. that it's like he's in weird spots and those things turn into, all right, now he's had a bad shooting night. So it's just, it's, it's an odd mix there in Atlanta. Now I feel like it's, this is the really good example of you're trying to build a basketball team, not a fantasy basketball team of, you know, in fantasy basketball, go get all the best players. Cause that's, that's the game, right? Right. accumulate stats and go when you're building a real basketball team fit matters chemistry matters making sure everybody's involved and getting touches matters especially with bigs especially with guys who are you know rhythm jump shooters and those kind of things but aren't the they might always go to of this is they're not the Kyle Corver type who is come in and Kyle Corver today could step on an NBA court and just drain threes. and just start draining a couple yep. threes he he probably couldn't do anything else and he wouldn't be playable but he could do that and that's but when you're a guy who needs touches to feel good about where you are, you know, someone like John Collins, that becomes a little bit different. So I think, I, I don't know. I, I feel like someone's going to get him and then we're all going to be like, Oh wow. You know, John Collins is really good. And it's going to yeah. be, yeah. So some of us were here telling you the whole time and believe me, Trevor and I are going to remind anybody who says it whenever we have an opportunity. You know how much we love victory laps, Keith. And yeah, right. Hot takes and victory laps. That is the theme <laughs> of the show, right? Hey, I will take, I don't do hot takes, but I will take a victory lap one when, 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 when I can every once in a while. Oh, sometimes it, it can be, it can be fun indeed. Um, let's, let's finish off with this. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, could return to action before the all-star break. He's going to get reevaluated in a couple of weeks here. I, I, I do wonder though, like, yeah, you know, I saw this. I believe it was Woj that questioned, you know, how close do you get to the all-star break where you just say, eh, forget it. And then Shams puts out there uh, this, you know, he could return before and that would allow him to play in the all-star break or in the all-star game and everything. If I'm the Nets, I'm not messing around with it. If I'm the Nets and if, it, if, it's, if he's back like two games before the all-star break or something, sit him out through the all-star break, get him the extra week plus of, of rest, and then go from there. I don't think they're going to drop out of the playoff race or anything in the East. If there's anything in doubt and it's close to that break, I'm going to go ahead and connect those last few games and say, yeah, let's take it easy for a couple more games. And then, and then we move on post all-star break. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm there. If it, if it's like any doubt, yeah, no. like that's stupid. He's way, way too important to this and i go back to obviously not the same level of player but was an all-star kemba walker started to have some knee stuff mm -hmm. played in the all-star game and then played a ton in the all-star game and literally has never been the same player again is it because that all-star game happened about a month later the league shut down for the pandemic and then kemba was never the same guy again and now is 
without a team and you know we may not see him play in the nba again i'm not saying that's where this is going to go with kevin durant by any means but just there's no reason to risk it for the all-star game that said his quote to alex schiffer of the athletic this mm-hmm. was kevin durant's quote is yeah i want to play this is about the all-star game i want to be a part of all those events i miss going back to golden state my previous home so it's been three years since i did that you see all this stuff pass you by, so I want to participate in everything. To me, that's kind of cool, that. right? Yeah. Like, like I get it, right? And that's Kevin Durant, I think, owning, hey, I don't have 10, 15 more years of this. Like, he's, it's right. just not going to be a thing for him. And, you know, so I want to, if I have the chance, I want to go. Now, what I think you do is that's where Jacques Vaughn is on the phone with, whether it's Joe Missoula or whoever coaches the all-star team and say, uh, Hey, can you, whether he's voted in as a starter or he's coming off the bench, like two, five minute stints and that's it. Like let him get out there, run up and Mm -hmm. down, have a little fun and then sit him. And that's probably how this will go. Will be my guess. I don't think we're going to see Kevin Durant out there, you know, going, you know, 20 plus minutes in the all-star game, but, but we'll see now from the net side, like you said, there's anything. Nope. Nope. Yeah. No, no way. Can't do it. Like yeah, I'm like I'm looking. Okay, February 13th. They have two games left before the All-Star break. And February 13th is at New York. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, you know, you've got the Battle of New York and sure. Nets versus Knicks and all that. Like the temptation would be if, like, let's say he's not back by Saturday the 11th against Philly, but he's close. The temptation would be just to play him against the Knicks and have him for that matchup. And then he plays against Miami. And then you head off for the All-Star break. I think the more prudent thing would be, okay, bummer that he's out for the game against the Knicks, but let's just, let's not play him through the all-star. And then if he wants to appear five, I don't know if he, if they would even let him appear in the all-star game at that point, but I would, I would just be extremely cautious with Kevin Durant if I'm the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be, because this is the difference between you being a title contender and you being just kind of a decent playoff team. You know, if, if you have him and he's not right, or, you know, if you don't have him, you know, you're, if you don't have him, you're, you're, you're just not going to be very, you know, much of a threat in the playoffs. If you have him, he's not right. Eh, that's we'll see if you have him and he's right. We saw what that looked like right before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. They were playing really, they, they might've been playing the best basketball in the league at that point. Um, so that's just kind of where it is. You know, you've got big, big hopes and dreams with this team as yeah, you got to be very, very careful with him because more than any other player on the, on that roster, He's the guy who's going to get you there. You've got other lot of talent, but it's Kevin Durant's the one who pushes you to title contention. Now they've got, let's say they've got a back-to-back February 6th, February 7th. They have the Clippers and the Suns. Let's say by that point he's cleared and he's good to go and he's going to play in one of those two games. And then you've got five games before the all-star breaking, but okay. Yeah. Right. Like I understand, yeah. it, there, it, you know, there's yeah. obviously levels to this where, it, okay. If you can get him for five games, that's a decent enough stretch yeah, of schedule where you're going to, you know, you have a much better. And you're still playing. making that phone call to whoever the coach is, saying, "Hey, uh, take it easy on my guy," you know, in yeah. the game itself, you know, there. So yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Hey, speaking exactly. of all stars, tomorrow, yeah, uh, you and I are going to record our all star picks. So, uh, right, uh, just so everybody knows what's going to actually happen in the league is on Thursday they're going to announce the starters uh, on TNT, and then it's the week after that they'll announce the rest of the guys. We're going to go ahead and. Uh, uh, give you our full picks uh, for both teams. We'll do it by the rules, you know, with three front court, two guards, uh, 
three front court on the bench to two uh two guards and then two wild card okay. picks so you know um we're there might be a little bit of cheating in there. Yeah, I seem to recall we did last year. I think we, we probably did. Yeah, I, I think, think so. So, um, but yeah, and then, then we'll see, you know, where, where we land on, you know, all-star picks and the, these kind of things there, there's some spots where it's kind of tough, you know, yeah. to, to pick, you know, for, for sure. So, um, but yeah, it's, that's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll be our show tomorrow for everybody. Uh, just a reminder, cause we're getting a little bit closer trade deadline day. We're going to go live probably, yep. Somewhere in the range of an hour or so before the deadline, we'll be yep. with you all the way through. Uh, as we do every year, we will throw throw one up uh, to the big man upstairs asking that Woj throws one up to him where he says, good Lord, uh, at the oh, trade yeah. deadline because it gets so wild. Um, Epic year. <laughs> if, even if it doesn't, we'll, we'll have fun talking about what happened, what didn't happen, right. what we think should have happened and all those kind of things. So we'll be live with you guys for, for a while on trade deadline day. That's always a lot of fun, fun days. People jump in the last questions and all that stuff. And we'll, we'll pull stuff out of the chat and just, just have a lot of fun reacting to things. Yeah. Last year was, was a blast. Cause we, we did get a whole bunch of deals. We, we had a couple earlier, like a day or two earlier. So yep. we were still kind of talking those and then stuff was coming in. And then uh, you and I were like, like checking out on the live stream. Cause we're like, scrolling through twitter and like what that's is right happening that's right everything so yeah it, it's a really fun uh fun afternoon i think that's when we didn't we get the porzingis trade i think so yeah i think think so I think we that got happened some, I, there was a few big ones i think yeah. that came in and like that last like i think we might have gone or gone like two hours ahead or something like that but right yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll be there ahead of trade deadline we'll figure all that stuff out we'll let you all know here on this stream and on our socials and everything about you know what's going on with that but we will be live trade deadline day all right, all the more reason to subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel and turn on those notifications as well. All right, everybody, that does it for today. Thank you for joining us. We're back tomorrow with our, all, our all-star picks. Our all-star picks. I don't know why that's hard to say. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with that. Till then, everybody, see ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.